One, two, three, four. Um, okay. What if, um, what if the cast of Seinfeld was in Star Wars? We take you now to an Upper West Side far, far away. Thank you to Anne's Superiority Complex for providing our theme song. It is December 13th, 2018, and we're talking Star Wars Festivus. Nothing. It's a card from my dad. What is it? Dear son, happy Festivus? What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jerry, up, no. his father no. hated all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday. Oh, and another piece of the puzzle falls into place. All right. And instead of a tree, didn't your father put up an aluminum pole? Oh, Jerry, no. stop it. And then weren't there feats of strength that always ended up with you crying? I can't take it anymore. I'm going to work. You happy now? My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by the pork lover-in-chief, Zanger. I've got a problem with a lot of you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Yeah. This is the uh, the third best time of the year after the holiday special. It's weird how you think about it, that come every December we have, well, not this December, but we have the one-two punch of the holiday special, Festivus, and a new Star Wars movie. There was a new Star Wars movie? Well, you can always pretend there's a new Star Wars movie. Well, I watched Solo for the first time since it came out on Blu-ray, so that was like a new Star Wars movie. <gasps> Were you disappointed? Yeah, I was indifferent to it. I'll, I'll talk about it in this. There, I've, like I've the got Festivus stuff. Yeah, Festivus stuff to say about it. Okay, cool beans. All right, so... But in the Festivus spirit, I actually found something I've been looking for. It was a Festivus miracle. Um, I've been looking for this stupid Budweiser copper lager... It's the one where they make it with the Jim Bean barrels. Oh man, he's drinking already, folks. And we just yeah, I'm, I'm, this is this is a zing. This I mean, this is a zinger drinking episode too. So buckle up. I'm trying oh, to get to that happy medium so I can go from this and play Titanfall and be good. Last time Zinger drank on the Knights of Vader podcast, we got a nasty review from someone. Oh, sweet! I can't wait to see what happens this time. But in order to get nasty oh. reviews, people have to listen to us. I, I, I trust me. People should listen to this one. It's me yelling, <laughs> just like the other, just like every other week. Nothing uh, has changed. Nothing has changed, but everything has. But no, uh, in our Facebook group and on Twitter, oh, we have announced that we were doing this. So some of our lovely, lovely listeners have contributed to Festivus, and we'll be reading those throughout the show. Yes. So we'll be doing kind of a back and forth as Zenger will be airing his grievances or, you know what, I think we should announce this Zenger because even though Seinfeld is still somewhat ubiquitous, it's nowhere near as much as it once was in the last 20 years. And it's hard to believe that Festivus is almost 20 years, I think it's actually over 20 years old as a Probably holiday. is over 20 years old at this point. Yeah, because, let's see, when did that episode air? The episode aired December of 1997, so Festivus is, a, is celebrating its 21st anniversary. Yeah, by us yelling about Star Wars, how it was intended. 
Now that Festivus is 21, he can legally drink and yes, he's celebrating that. That is the reason I got the beer tonight. It, it was a Festivus miracle that I found this beer I've been looking for and bought it for its 21st birthday. Here's to you, Festivus. You allow me to yell at people. So, Festivus, for for all of you non-Seinfeld fans that have somehow uh, escaped hearing about this pseudo-holiday, it is a holiday that is based around the airing of grievances, the feats of strength, and an aluminum Festivus pole, because tinsel is too distracting. Yes. The holiday was founded by Frank Costanza as he was trying to obtain a doll for his son, George. It was raining down blows on the he, man. Well, another man tried to buy this doll out from underneath Frank's hands. Frank blacked out, but next thing he knew, when he came to, he was raining blows up, down upon this man, and the doll was destroyed in the process. Yet birth from this mishap was the holiday of Festivus. And first and foremost, we will be airing our grievances. And as we conclude the show, we will be conducting the feats of strength between Zenger and I. Which is how many beer cans can I lift? There you go. We'll find so, out. We'll find out. So, Zenger, on this airing grievances, like I tried to say before, we'll be doing one of yours, one of our audiences, and then one of mine. And we'll kind of hop back and forth between doing that. Oh, man. Sound good? I, I hope we have enough audience ones because, trust me, I'm not going to run dry anytime soon. I look forward to hearing it along with our audience. So, Zenger, tell us, what grievances do you have with Star Wars? All right, so the first one I'm going to start with, as I should always start with, is my complaints about Episode 2. But I'm not going to go into that. There's a full <laughs> episode about the problems with that. Go listen to it instead. There are many episodes about Attack of the yeah. Clones. <laughs> yes, but there, there, there's one where I try to fix it. So I say go to that one, because I'm trying to help this a very wrong situation make it right. So... My actual complaint I want to do today is actually about Star Wars podcast. Oh man, friendly fire. I know. It's coming it's coming hot and heavy at it. So my complaint is the self-righteous podcasters. There's this one podcast in particular. I swear they might as well have a rotating door on who they have on the show. The the main guy who's been on for the longest, he I think he attended um like one like class of film school and college and thinks he knows everything. The other guy apparently had some Twitter issues and got kicked off. The other guy they claim is part of the show, but never shows up. And then the final guy they got on out of nowhere and is a raving lunatic that obviously has multiple personality disorder and nobody is doing anything to help him. <laughs> oh man, folks are getting, <laughs> What a horrible podcast. Who on earth would listen to that garbage? I don't know, but I think somebody needs to call for help. Especially for that one guy. He seems to have problems. I think I listened to... You know what, Zanger? Now do you mention it? I think I listened to that podcast once, too. And they have this really... Plus, they have this really weird freak on that has some sort of weird love-hate relationship with Amelia Clark. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> but... Uh, who who wants to listen to a podcast where you have all these uh, mismatched personalities and they oddly just ramble on about Star Wars for like ninety? And most of them are in one guy's head. Basically, <laughs> I don't know uh, about you, but I would definitely unsubscribe from that podcast and leave them a zero star review on <laughs> every single one of the podcasting platforms. I would too. Oh, and there were some other hosts that got kicked off too at some point. I can't remember. Now like, you mentioned it, didn't they have a different name at one point? Yes, they did. 
Oh, but I think somebody tried to make a podcast under that name, so I will refrain from dragging their name through the dirt. No, we will not uh, name names on the uh, Knights of Vader podcast, which is definitely not connected to the podcast we're talking about right now. Not at all. No, absolutely not. I just wish, so wish I could name names on this one. If you know who it is, please tweet at us. Yes, if you do know what this podcast is, uh, keep it hush-hush. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. We don't want uh, uh, the Star Wars gatekeepers to come down. But um, I would, I, you know, at the very least, if you do not leave them a review, you should boycott them. Um, write yes. to your congressman. Tell them that you're not going to put up with any more of this sort of nonsense in the Star Wars fandom. We're going to push out the hate. Actually, respond with, not my podcast. Not uh, Yes, tweet at the podcast. Leave a review. Not my podcast. Not my Star Wars. Hashtag not my Luke Skywalker. Um, you know what? Forget about pushing out the hate in Star Wars. Push out the awfulness by stop yeah. listening to that podcast. Yes, please do. There, that, that was that, 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 that was my first at bat. So okay, that, so so. Uh, and with that, I either bunted to home base or hit the wall. I don't know which. Ground rule double. There we go. I think you hit a, a grand slam in the meta department, but uh, who am I to judge that? Our first fan listener. This is Jerry on our Facebook group who says, and I quote, the only thing I really don't like about Star Wars is all the fans have to find something wrong with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Something wrong with every single movie. Just watch the movie and enjoy it. Clearly, this is low-key pointed at Zenger. Because um, Zenger is one of these fans that complains about uh, Attack of the Clones. And definitely not the other guy on this podcast that talks about how much he dislikes The Force Awakens. No, I've never heard him mention a thing about that. Oddly enough, the first Festivus episode is almost exclusively me tearing down The Force Awakens. And unlike Zenger, I did not give a rebuttal on how to make it better. No, I tried to, fi- I try to fix things. That's Keyword. not how you advance as, as a person or a society. You don't fix things. You just complain about it until you pass it off to the next generation to complain about. It's their problem now. Zenger, if we fix problems, what need would a podcast have? A lot. How many podcasts out there are talking about how great things are going? I'd say a whole none. <laughs> no, but going to Jerry's point, I think the whole thing with, with every movie, it's it's easy to enjoy it. I think a lot of podcasts, and I think uh, uh, all kidding aside, like when it comes to here, if you talk about how great things are, it's it's hard to keep things going. In the sense of you, you need to kind of dissect <coughs> things, and sometimes a lot of people don't know how to dissect something without uh, being critical of it. Sometimes you can it's you can it's fun to dissect things and try to but figure out why you like them. But I think people don't like doing that a because they don't know how to do critical analysis. And at the same time, the more and more you take apart something you like, you start to see some of the flaws in the process, and people seem to be turned off by that. So, but also, no, that's definitely. I'm not a professional reviewer in any way, shape, or form, but I do try to review stuff on my show. And I got to say, if it's something that's really good, it is kind of hard to talk about because it just feels like you're just sitting there the whole time saying how amazing it is. Not saying that making fun of something or pointing out its flaws is something you should do constantly, but no, no, no one's tuning in for the positives. Normally. No, those episodes, those episodes, it's funny. If you look at our, like top, our most downloaded episodes, the episode that's gotten the most amount of downloads in 24 hours is our Mike Zero episode, where we basically just crapped on for like 80 minutes straight. Yeah, that was a weird episode. That, that, I had no clue what was going on in that episode, and I still somehow got rage. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a weird episode where I'm surprised at how well it performed. And uh, yeah, it, it's fun to hear people chew on topics. It's kind of like I say when it comes to movies. You either give me a great movie or you give me an awful movie. There's nothing worse than somebody talking about how much they enjoy vanilla ice cream. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Jerry, for airing your grievances or lack thereof grievances. So my own Festivus pick, um, this is a very weird one. We haven't seen a lot of it this year. Uh, it usually happened. It happened a lot with Rogue One, The Force Awakens, a little bit with Last Jedi. Is that I absolutely hate it when people, uh, well, if you do it, it's bad enough. But I hate it when you announce it. Like in the lead up to like a Star Wars movie coming out, like when like the, the tickets go on sale before the movie's out. People are like I've purchased tickets to the seven o'clock showing, the ten o'clock. Uh, the the 11 a.m. the next morning, the 1 p.m. and the 5 p.m. Then I'm going back on Saturday and I'm going back on Sunday and then Monday. And they've actually purchased tickets. Like that's one thing I hate just about what people do with Star Wars and the just I guess movie culture in general now is that there's this thing of like I have to consume the movie as much as humanly possible, or else somehow I'll so I can fan. be the movie. I well I think that's part of it because. I think a lot of people, I think this goes to another thing I'll get to, is that for some reason Star Wars fans see, um, like I've said, Star being a Star Wars fan is like a perpetual battle of bar trivia. I think Star Wars fandoms also like um, being at like a buffet, and you're trying to compete with the fat guy that weighs 400 pounds across the room. No, 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 no. I actually have a thing for this. It is, you are at a Chinese buffet, and it's one that serves crab legs, and you're having to fight with people over the crab legs. Because well, they bring them out, and it's like you, you you have these vultures like watching, and the second they come out, all of them descend upon it. Well, I I don't know. I don't think that's an ad comparison because I. Oh, you haven't cra- been to the same Chinese place I have then. <laughs> no, but a golden crowd just opened near me, so um, it's, it's interchangeably the same. <laughs> Basically, just different deck uh, decor on the walls. Yes. Uh, but no, the, the point is, I think a lot of Star Wars fans feel like the more they consume Star Wars, they're bigger fans. Like, not in the sense of, like, where you have to consume everything, like, to know everything. I think it's like, oh, how many times did you see Force Awakens opening weekend? I saw it six. Well, I am sure I saw it this many. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And I think a lot of fans, like, Star Wars has become a weird thing where... Um, if it's not by your knowledge that you're a bigger Star Wars fan, if, if you can't compete in that arena, it's become, I've consumed more Star Wars than you have. So somehow I'm a bigger fan than you. Again, that's just my, that's my analysis on it, though. But I absolutely hate it when people like purchase like four or five showings worth of, of seeing a movie before they've seen a movie. Like, what if you go see a movie? Like, I'd love to imagine that one of these like nutmust Star Wars people like purchased like six different showings of the last Jedi and walked out hating it. So they have like five, they have like like eighty dollars in tickets. They're just like wow. and they're just like ripping them in half. Like, like what people do after like the like the racetrack and their horse loses all the yeah. like betting stubs. <laughs> just ripping them up like furiously. Maybe that's why everybody's so hostile toward the last Jedi. They purchased all their advanced tickets so far in advance and numerous tickets of that. And they're just angry because they didn't like the movie and they basically wasted like a hundred dollars. What is your next airing of grievances? All right, this is me nitpicking at a movie. Movies, actually, I can say it as a plural. I don't understand the recent fascination with Star Wars and the fact of it's all about hyperspace fuel or it's all about fuel of some sort or there's something yeah. around fuel. 
I don't, I don't know if you remember, Zach, but remember that epic scene where they were sitting on Hoth and they were like, this is a strategic outpost because we have a fuel depot right here that has almost an endless supply of natural fuel coming to... No, that didn't happen. I understand it's a plot device and stuff like that, and it's interesting, but it's something that I feel like... Because I just watched Solo before this, not that I'm going to sit here and complain about Solo, because this also extends to Last Jedi, where there's the whole slowest chase in history. Like I said, I just, I don't know. It's just something maybe I'm not on board with that whole thing, but fuel thing, I just don't get it. Well, it's, it's a shame you brought it up. I was thinking about that recently. And you're right, that is a weird, like, like. and the problem is they're using it a lot. It's not, like, if, if it was just used in The Last Jedi, I would get it. But like you said, it's it's a plot point in Solo. It's basically the crux of the entire plot in, in Last Jedi. Yep. In Rebels, it's used a lot that they're out of fuel. I want to say in Resistance that they've brought that up once or twice that they need... Yeah, in Resistance, they bring up the thing with fuel a couple of times. They need a special type of fuel. Is it in Rogue One or... For, I don't think it's in Force Awakens. No, not in Force Awakens. Not in Rogue One either. So, yeah, you're right. That's a weird sort of, like, I don't know. And the fact that they keep relying on it leads I mean, me if they're lead... trying to get across some metaphor or something for, like, our dependence on fossil fuels or an energy crisis thing, I, I mean, cool that you're doing that, but I don't think Star Wars is the outlet for that moment. Yeah, that's, that is See, a I'm weird I'm not saying it's point. a bad plot device or anything. It's just something we've never had. A, Star Wars has never tackled that issue, so that's why it's kind of a head-scratcher on... Like, if it wasn't in several movies, I don't think it would be something I'd even be talking about. Well, I don't mind it. It's like, again, like Last Jedi, I don't mind it happening there. But what bothers me is the f- the frequency it's being used. Like, clearly this is becoming a thing. Because I know in Rebels, a couple of times, they're like, oh, if we don't get fuel, we'll be stuck here forever. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I guess even Solo... It's not an issue of like oh they'll run out. It's just like it's it's a com- it's a rare commodity. Yeah. Like in all honesty, you could swap out the coaxium in solo. It needs well, to the be coaxium and the stuff like that vaguely does make sense. It makes sense in the context of the movie itself. Well, yeah, of what like, they're doing, but it's the it's the one two punch of Last Jedi and that both had something to do with starship fuel that you never heard about or anything. Well, that that's Prior the problem. Well, that's the problem with uh, making Star Wars projects every fifteen minutes, is that eventually you have to start explaining things, and yeah. that takes away some of the the mystification of it all, which ultimately devalues the product, which eventually leads to a lower dividends for the IP. It eventually goes dormant. That that's the the catch twenty two with all this stuff is that they have to they feel they have to they make it uh, ground it in the real world, and. They kind of, again, they, they lose sight of what the whole series is about. But, hey, they're the ones with the six-figure salaries, so they clearly know more than we do. Damn them. Damn them. All right, Damn them straight to hell. What's Star Wars hell? Is there a Star Wars hell? No, it's Star. It's it's hell. Oh, really? Yeah, remember in um, oh, yeah. Empire. Um, but your Tauntaun will freeze before you miss the last checkpoint. Well, then I'll see you in hell. Yeah. All right, Zinger, anything else about that? I mean, I, I got, I got, I got uh, some other stuff, but I'll, I, will, I will refrain because it's a different tangent. <laughs> That's a favorite flavor on the Knights of Vader podcast, different tangents. Yes. 
All right. So our next airing of grievances from our fans is from Chris P, who says the quote, the B positive or die trying side of the fan community has disappointed me this year. When did it having a few progressive themes make a film 100% good and blind them to horrifying dialogue and juvenile plots? Also, they should knock it off with the damn weak cartoons and go back to making actual animated shows. That's Hell yeah! That side of the fan community treats Lucasfilm Disney like they are incapable of mistakes. I like the aspects of the new films that are actually good and interesting. Rogue One gave me honest feels, as did about 10 minutes of The Last Jedi. And by 10 minutes, we were believing that you made some sort of typo there. And you mean that instead of 10 minutes, you mean roughly 150. So we've we've fixed your typo, Chris. Yes, there you go. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> no, so what, so what Chris is trying to say, basically, is that we have to be critical of Star Wars. The like, It's funny, the, the side that refused to see any sort of blemishes with Star Wars has really diminished a lot since the the honeymoon period of Force Awakens and Rogue One. Part of the reason why I wanted to start a Star Wars podcast was why I felt no one was being critical about Star Wars back during, well, basically uh, 2015 through pretty much the end of 2017. It wasn't really until The Last Jedi when people really started taking There was a hate train coming down the tracks before you knew it. Yes, the hate train kind of hit us all at once, all of a sudden. Actually, that kind of ties into a point I had. When Force Awakens came out, you really genuinely couldn't say anything negative about that film. Like, there was this weird sort of, like, ironclad Teflon coating that film, and you could not be critical of it. Like, I remember like when that film, like, I think it was before I saw it, I was on the Rebel Scum forums, and because it was released in, I think, Australia and a couple of territories like a day early. I remember, I think it was like the mod there saw it. And he's like, and everyone was like, oh, my God, how is it? Because I think at that point, the, like the plot was out if you knew where to look for it. They had the uh, premiere. Um, so spoilers were there if you knew where to look for them. And people asked the mod. They're like, right under your it? nose. Well, little did we know they were right under our nose. But I remember the mod saying, like, it's OK! Exclamation point. And everyone was <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? He's like, it's generic action sci-fi movie. Like, if, he, if it weren't for the Star Wars names, you wouldn't know this was Star Wars. And I remember people just kind of, like, just dunked on, on this guy. They were like, oh, my God. Well, I don't know if it was a guy or girl, whoever the mod was, without, once again, without naming names. But I just remember, like, people just kept dunking on the mod, just being like, how can you say that? This is this, this, this. And it was like, and people just refused to be critical of this movie. I know now there's this weird sort of uh, narrative, like, oh, people were always critical of The Force Awakens for being a a, a retread for two plus hours. No, like, like there were some people saying that, me being one of them. But like the only sort of controversy that came out of The Force Awakens that that kind of stuck for the initial period was the Mary Sue controversy, and that was more because um, Max Landis was just like the internet's punching bag at that time. So he could basically say, um, grass is green, people would be telling him that he's a misogynist and a hate monger. It's funny how the Mary Sue thing has kind of died down. That's really not even, like, that, that's not even a, a, a broken shadow of a talking point anymore around The Force Awakens. But yeah, it was weird how The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Rogue One, the only controversy I remember around Rogue One was the fact that people, uh, people were mad at the fact that we like, couldn't remember the characters' names. I remember people saying, like, I don't remember any of these characters' names. Worst movie ever. And I'm like, no. 
It's because you don't stop it. It's it's (laughs) Well, yeah, it's just because you can't remember the name of a character doesn't mean the movie's bad. If that were true, I would hate the entire Harry Potter series. So uh, the pain. (laughs) Your your stupidity knows no bounds. (laughs) No, but I think Chris has a good point. It's like. Uh, we can't just be completely monolithic in our praise of Star Wars. Um, like even Last Jedi, I, I think I've made it loud and clear how much I love that film. And I still I watch it, and there's things that bother me. It, it, there's nothing that's perfect in this Mine's world. Mine's still in the wrapper. Excellent point, Chris. One that but I had to buy it day one, by the way. Had to buy it day one. Still have not seen the need to go back and watch it. What are we talking about? The, the Last Jedi. It's still in its wrapper. I oh, is it? Wrapped. Yeah, I haven't unwrapped it. Like, well, if I had to go get it day one. <laughs> that movie's been out on... So, wait, we've been talking about this movie for, like, eight months now, and you've only seen w- it, like, two times in theaters? Let me continue, though, in the fact oh. of it is on Netflix, so I have oh. watched it on there. Oh. You would you don't understand, the level of laziness I sometimes exert towards things is immense. One of them being, if it is on Netflix, even if I own it, I will not get up from the couch. But that's lower video quality. Exactly. Zanger, don't trade convenience for lower video quality. That's cardinal sin in my household. Hold on. Hold on. You wait there. All right, folks, we are taking a break. Zanger is going to unwrap The Last Jedi Blu-ray. Well, he's unwrapping it now. When you're hearing this, he's unwrapping it a week later. I don't know if that's the same profound effect as it's going to have now. But just I'd like you all to visualize Zanger unwrapping it. Let's, Let's see. What version is it? Oh, it's not even like a special edition. It's like the blank version. Ew. <laughs> Steelbook or bust zanger. Or digibook. I'll, I'll allow partial credit. Zanger, if you don't open the movie, how will we get your Disney movie rewards point? See, I've opened it. And now, if you excuse me for a moment, I'll be right back again. This is excellent podcasting. This is why we don't do live shows, actually. All right, I'm back. All right. Zenger. Yeah. Next airing of grievances. Oh, oh, it's back to me again? It is back. Because I, I, I already did mine because I kind of tied it in what, what Chris was saying was kind of one of mine, so I kind of blurred the lines there. God, it came back so quick. I wasn't expecting this. I'm going to do a boomerang. You know what we'll do? Well, Zenger is, getting, is, is uh, collecting his thoughts. Actually, we have a comp. It's actually not an airing of grievances. It's more a... a, a comment in regards to the feats of strength uh the father of knights of vader josh cannon from uncovering unexplained mysteries actually wants to arm wrestle the lot of you clearly we are going josh is uh, going to be the challenger in the feats of strength so tune in at the end of the episode see how that goes the the father of knights of vader is fighting his own children this is very uh, shakespearean yeah it's like lion king or something that's uncle. He's not. The, we got to figure out who's oh, the uncle okay. of the Knights of Vader. Josh, when you hear this, or you're the father. Who who is the who is the uh, the uncle of the Knights of Vader podcast? Would that be Mike? I don't know. We got to figure out who the uncle is and all this. All right. So as I have stated, I watched Solo again recently. Actually, now to clarify, this was I actually watched my Blu-ray of it. I wasn't watching it on like Netflix or anything. It's about to come out on Netflix, and that's why I was like, oh, I should watch that real quick. And Quinn did recognize it as a Star Wars movie, so kudos to them for being recognized as a Star Wars movie. But my airing of grievance comes at the expense of Solo. Uh-oh. Would you like to take a quick guess? 
something specific, like a scene, a line of dialogue, a character. It encompasses the whole movie. There's a problem with it. I have. I want to air. The fact that like it's lit incorrectly. It's more of the story, but but you're you're close. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Uh, okay, what's wrong with the story? The entire movie, the entire stuff, everything we know about Han Solo happens to him in a weekend. I can't take it. Well, he gets his name like three years in advance. But but everything like like the Kessel Run, him getting the Falcon. Everything, him meeting Lando, everything of significance is like over like a freaking three day weekend. I have always taken the, the, I guess like the epilogue in like the, the jungle, like, um. Oh, so uh, that happens later. So that's. I, I don't know. I don't know. So that, so that makes it okay. Cause I would imagine like they don't know where he went. So they probably had to go track him down. And and Han probably knew that he was playing the trick. With, he had the 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 card up his sleeve, so they figured he'd be an easy mark once they found him. Well, that that that's why I had Chewbacca get mad at him and everything, so that he could step in and do that. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know. I, no, I agree with you that yes, there's a lot of things in that movie, and that was always the the major concern of of Solo is that oh dear lord, they're going to explain the character away. Or basically everything that makes him Han Solo is going to happen over the course of a weekend, like you said. Now I will say this, watching it again, don't mind it. It's it's a perfectly fine film still. No, it's no that that's the that's the sad thing. Solo is a all Solo wanted to do was to entertain people for two hours and yet everybody felt the need to step on its head while it was drowning. Like, if there ever was a, a more profound tragedy in the Star Wars canon, uh, there is no greater one than, than Solo. Like, I, so, I, it's so I sad. feel like that, that, that movie is a don't touch. It's, it, it, it is seriously like an amazing piece of art that you can only view from one angle, and you can only look at it at one spot. Because if you look at it from any other, it is a horrifyingly terrible piece of art and just looks awful. I don't think it's even a piece of art. It's 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 the um, no because it's it's good as long as you don't think about it. I don't even think it's like that though. I think what it is is it's like the um it's like a Five Guys hamburger of like the fast food world. Like no, this is not something you'll. It's not the Gold Flake hamburger that costs like forty thousand dollars with Kobe beef. Mm, it's Kobe it's. Beef. <laughs> No, it's it's not that type of thing though, but like in the grand scheme of all the other trash that's in like movie theaters, like like again, I know this is an unpopular opinion though, but like I'd rather see a two hour Han Solo film. I'm not saying this is a Star Wars fan. I'd rather see a happy go lucky, let's see Han Solo and Chewbacca meet and get the money in Falcon than a two and a half hour long superhero movie with them fighting a purple guy and they turn to dust in the end. Spoiler. I I don't care. Like again, I still think Infinity War is just a a dreadful movie goer. A movie. It's just a dreadful movie. It's just like it's just stuff happening. Again, I need it's, to rewatch it's, that too. Let's hope it's on Netflix. No, uh, I actually own that one. Is it opened? Yes. Okay. Okay. So okay. I don't know. It I had to watch all the four scenes the day it came out. Like I said, uh, I, you look at the top 10 grossing movies this year. I think Solo's still in the top 10 in the U.S. And it's just like, like I, can, I don't get why certain things resonate and others don't. I just, I really can't figure it out. 
again, it's I get it, marketing and branding and just uh, uh, studio politics. Again, we've all talked about how Solo was left to die a dog's death when it came to marketing. But still, like, I, I've heard stories that apparently the Blu-ray is selling very well. I hope so, because I think Solo is one of those films that definitely deserves uh, a second life on home video. Sorted by U.S. domestic box office decreasing Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War. Really? Okay. St- still absolutely bonkers that Black Panther made more money in the U.S. than uh, um, Infinity War. Incredibles absolutely 2, bonkers. Jurassic Park, I mean Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, uh, Deadpool 2, The Grinch. The Grinch? Yep. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, there it is. I skimmed right by it. It's right ahead of Venom. In no just world, folks, is Ant-Man and the Wasp making more money than uh, Solo. Not in, a just, in my, in but my it world. But is making more money than A Star is Born, so I am happy. If only Worse. Solo cost what A Star is Born cost to make, we wouldn't be having this discussion. What? Tag didn't make that much? That movie was great. Talk out was in it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Overboard's 50? Okay. With uh, Anna Ferris? Yeah. That's not surprising that that's 50. Yeah, and right ahead of it is The Predator. Oh, the great... Uh, For, at 49. The Predator, the, uh, the the greatest film maybe of this uh, millennia. I'll take your word for it. I'm making a prediction. I'm calling it now in the uh, Calrissian Endor series for the Disney streaming service. Old Aaron Reich, Han Solo, and Chewbacca will show up at least once. They're going, and I don't think it's going to be a cameo. There'll be at least one episode of that of that series where they'll be the uh, the featured guest. They, they they will be there doing something, and we'll see them. Why Before do I think of this as some '70s show where it's like they're like the featured guest, as in like they are just on the show the entire time doing all the skits and stuff? Well, I like to imagine when they show up, like you hear the audience applaud. Yeah. And it goes on for far too long, and Solo keeps trying to say his line, and they keep cheering until he has to stop. Poor Alden Ehrenreich. Like, it's funny. Who did do a bad job, the more I thought about it? great job. Considering what that guy had to go through between the -the behind-the-scenes stuff and just living up. I think about it. Even if the -the behind-the-scenes stuff just went perfectly, that guy still had a Herculean task. And yet, with all the nonsense that happened behind the scenes, he was one of the best parts of that film. That that poor man, like it's funny, like I, I don't think I haven't heard of him doing anything next. Like I'm not talking about like big like blockbuster tent poles. But I, I think there is this sort of level of like uh like stigma now attached to him or stink. And not because of him, it's just the fact that he was just he starred he, he was the uh, titular hero in one of the biggest bombs of the last decade. Nope, yeah. he is doing nothing according to his IMDB. Yeah, yeah, I really do feel like poor. If anybody's out there and all the Aaron Reich's in a new movie, you want people go go rent or digitally rent or whatever it is the movie he did with uh, Warren Beatty. Go 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 see that movie or Hail Caesar. He was in that too for a little bit. But as for Donald Glover, he is doing everything. A little bit. Uh, of well, everything. no, only only two things actually. The Lion King, of course, which is in oh, post production. Yeah. Yes, next July. Um, the uh, creative bankruptcy of Disney continues. You know, folks, when you go see Infinity War seven times, you're just making this worse. It's funny. When, when movie studios used to have like big movies, like, like the blockbusters, they'd take some of that money and put it toward things like 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 new franchises and new films, or, or I guess uh, original films. 
now that doesn't happen. When Infinity War and Black Panther make $2 billion, Disney immediately goes, quick, let's greenlight another Toy Story. So, yeah, that was the whole point. Is that, like, that used to be kind of like the trade-off that like every time like a Michael Bay Transformers movie would make like a billion dollars, you'd get something like Jack Reacher. See, this some- wouldn't have happened if you had Y-Wings. I'm at the part in Last Jedi where the, all the bombers are blowing each other up. Are you so I put watching? it on in the background. I mean, there's no volume to it. It's just kind of on now. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and uh, oh, and the other fact that the that the um that that all those bombers got shredded like freaking paper airplanes, but yet the one is just this unstoppable force of nature going. Oh, oh okay. You know what? We're get we're gonna earmark that, and we're going to uh, get back to that because I have uh, thoughts on that. That the bombs are magnetized, and that's how they fall, even though there's no gravity in space. But they're magnetized. You don't need gravity. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you're I thought you're you saying that as a thing like oh okay. They're my bad, my bad. Or they're they're in very upper atmosphere. Yeah, they said magnetized. They've explained that away. All right, I think Zanger's going to like this next one. Uh, We have another fan grievance on Facebook from Corey B., who says, I am a steel worker, and it takes us about 10 months to build a frame for, say, a six-floor apartment building. So how does the Empire build a Death Star without anyone knowing? The logistics, resources, allocation, manpower, how does that go without notice? Oh, actually, I got a very simple answer to that. Black Projects. You, and you think the Empire is able to pull that off with all the resources they need? Um, Considering the fact that not to be conspiracy theorists and all that fun stuff, and it's not something I like enjoy and love like Star Wars, but yeah, um, black projects are, you know, this thing that totally, it's just this signed off thing. And I actually heard from somebody, don't know how true this is, but I heard from somebody that um, that the way it works is... They're not telling you what they're working on. They just ask if you'd be interested in doing this project for this price. You're basically brought out there to do that project, and that's it. You're not allowed to go anywhere else, do anything, or ask any questions. And basically, if you do, you're off the project. And they will find somebody else to do it. Period. That is a very good real-world answer. But I have the in-canon answer. Oh, okay. In the road Who's this more right? Let us know by texting to the number at the bottom of your screen. All right, I'm going to give Zenger's phone number. Text uh, <laughs> Zenger's phone. Okay, we'll insert that later. Insert <laughs> Zenger's phone number. Text that number to let us know whose answer you prefer. Uh, no, in the Rogue One Catalyst book, uh, they ex- when Orson Crank and, and Galen Erso are trying to get the Death Star made, well, Galen Erso doesn't know at that time, but Orson Crank is like talking to Poggle the Lesser and all that keeps happening like during that entire thing is like the Geonosians will like be working on something and they'll do something really stupid and just start killing each other. <laughs> like something apparently like happens where like, like Orson Krennic calls up Poggle the Lesser. It's like, they're murdering each other. Make them stop. And Poggle's like, no, no, you'll get better workers this way. Cause the only the best ones will be alive. And Orson Krennic's <laughs> like, <laughs> Orson Krennic's like, but how will I have more workers if they start killing each- Like if they start dying off in mass, how's this going to work? It's a really weird sort of like uh, a thing. Like that's why I don't know if they've ever explained how the second Death Star was constructed, like what sort of laborers they used. But I know with the first Death Star, they had tons of problems. Like even beyond like the whole Kyber crystals and the uh, 
the super weapon element, but just like getting I it built think, was yeah, a nightmare. I think both Death Stars are being constructed. Like I think At the, the same one time? Was, no nearing completion, and then they started on the other one. Okay, yeah, I've heard that before that they were starting. I, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a canon response, but I'd like to in my head canon think of that. Well, now you text the phone number. From, text us at eight zero eight nine one to type in Knights of Vader and let us know if that you think Zenger's head cannon is the correct cannon. Standard messaging fees may apply. We are not liable for Zenger drunk texting you at two a.m. in the morning. It will be fun. So, it's mostly going to be me yelling at you. Where's my Chinese food? <laughs> well, thank you, Corey. Uh, my next one is the idea of, and I think we kind of uh, touch upon this next week. Yes, folks, we've actually recorded next week's episode. We're talking so, to you from the past. And What's the, the future? future like? <laughs> what are the lot of numbers? We would really appreciate it right now. No, one of the things we kind of like hint upon next week, and I don't know how in-depth we'll get, I'll get with it right now, but it's the idea of taking Star Wars too seriously give you a little bit of heads up next week we'll be talking to john justice as we promote his new book and bark it is available on amazon it's both a digital purchase and a physical purchase check it out link in the show notes and i don't know we- if we're able to reveal this or not but um you can edit this out um, it will also be as an audiobook too yeah maybe by the time it comes out it'll be out by then but who knows isn't it narrated um, by himself then he's yes saying, it is yeah yeah they, there you go well, my correct answer should have been to that. Wait until next week to find out if John Justice will narrate it. I mean, future Zach, how could you know <laughs> such a thing? I am uh, a swami in my spare time. That's how I get all my Star Wars predictions so right. Mm. Except for the times that I'm wrong. 60% of the time, I'm always right. <laughs> 60% of the time, I'm right every time. <laughs> no, but like uh, in that episode next week, I don't want to get into it now too much, though. But it's the idea of taking Star Wars too seriously. There's the story that came out that um, for Wreck-It Ralph 2, they wanted to use Kylo Ren in it, and Lucasfilm told them, no, we don't want you ruining our villain. We don't want you mocking our villain. And it's like, Oh, man, I got something for this. Well, yeah, it's it's the idea of if if Lucasfilm isn't capable of of laughing, or they can't allow people to laugh at Star Wars, then you know what? Just just shut down everything. Um, If you can't poke fun at Star Wars then you have a fundamental misunderstanding of it. That might be the truly disheartening thing of Star Wars, is that you have people who own it that can't even poke fun at it. And that might explain nine-tenths of the problems of what's going on currently with Star Wars. Yet, like I said, this is oddly enough the same uh, company that allowed a Your Mama joke in the first five minutes of the Episode Eight film. So, Zenger, what is your rebuttal to that? My grievance I want to air... Aside from the first reveal of Kylo Ren and him in an elevator. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's not that scene now. This is going to be a play-by-play of where I am in Last Jedi being on the background. See, folks, um, you'll know where I edited huge gaps of this podcast <laughs> at when Zenger jumps from, like, the elevator scene to, like, Octo to uh, the Snoke getting killed. I'll, I'll remember that for later use, by the way. I, 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 I want comedy back in star wars and by that i don't mean trying to awkwardly shove it into the movies i want you to let seth green do whatever him and his stupid claymation shit there we go to do. just let him have fun with it it's not you're taking too you're taking it too seriously let let family guy do another series on it oh that's definitely not happening i know it's not but i mean 
you, you gotta let it just be made fun of. There's so much stuff that's right for parody and fun. I think that's why everyone's taking Star Wars so seriously is because we are not allowed to make fun of it anymore. In my preparation for doing research for the holiday special, I came across an article where uh, uh, Brendan Hay was was interviewed. He was a, a writer for Star Wars Detours. Mm-hmm. I think we came, we came really close to having him on the show like a year, oh, year yeah, and a yeah, half yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He tweeted back at us saying that I was real, like, nail on the head on that. Like, perfect was what I said. Yeah. And I was and like, woo, give me the, give me them, give me them detours. And he's like, no. <laughs> well, he's, because the thing about this, like, he was really hesitant about coming on the podcast because he signed, like, an NDA. And actually, and the reason why like, he was really hesitant about coming on was he actually, I think he did uh, an interview with Screen Crush. I think it was Screen Crush. And where like, they, they talked about like the holiday special and this like stuff while he was involved with Star Wars Detours. Like nothing, like, there's only a few things here and there about Star Wars Detours. But I remember him like telling me like, oh, like, I'm really hesitant. I really kind of got like slapped on the wrist hard for that interview because of the NDA I signed. And and one of the things in that interview that he stated that which is kind of our mystery that like, like God we did our star disgrace Star Wars episode, God that was like one of the first like Zenger episodes there ever was. Yeah, um, we talked about like, we couldn't God, figure I was so out. Excited, so excited, and it all went downhill from there. Yeah, and one of the things that they talked about like we we talked about in the episode was trying to figure out whether Star Wars detours like like what kind of like. Um, structure it had, and apparently in that interview he said that it was going to be three stories, and the yeah, the diner was going to be the thing that connects them all together. Nice. So we have an answer to that, folks. Uh, Eighteen months later, for those of you uh, that were around back during like July 2017, and yet are still here, how many months later? Which uh, I'm guessing hardly is hardly any of you. Oh, by the uh, way, he has a new show too. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Hay does a bunch of stuff. Uh, check out Brendan Hay stuff. I think it's on Netflix. Yep. Uh, but no. Also in that article, he talks about that uh, Lucas screened for them uh, an, an original print of the holiday special. So we might have we, have, we might have, to have Brendan on just so he can explain to us what a non like uh, like quadruple copied version of the holiday special might look like. Sorry, I'm I'm distracted by why do they have to go to Kento Bite? I mean, Master I understand that there's these 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 horse Master Codebreaker. Whatever. Sorry, I'm at that point in the movie who, now. Who who the Master Codebreaker actually is played by Justin Thoreau, who had a a lengthy relationship with Jennifer Aniston and is in a couple of David Lynch movies. Inland was... Empire is not a good movie. Rob, deal with it. Anyway, though. Uh, it's really weird that that Star Wars can't laugh at itself. That's one thing I want to ask everybody uh, to our devoted uh, Facebook group members. Like, do you have a problem with like Star Wars like taking itself not so seriously? Like, is that thing that like? And I'm not talking about the the Poe Dameron your mama joke. I'm not talking about that type of humor. But I mean, like, if you were to go see Wreck It Ralph two, and you saw Kylo Ren, he was just like doing his like like uh, whining shtick. Would that make you want to stop being a Star Wars fan? Like that's not you, how you get milk. <laughs> well, like, okay, like that. Yeah. Oh, we know what part of the movie Zenger's in now. Um, Zenger with his stupid non sequiturs. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, like, I'm curious. Like, is there anything like when the Family Guy, like Zenger's the Family Guy spoofs came out, the the Robot Chicken specials. Uh, Lord knows there've been so many Star Wars parodies in, for the last forty years. Spaceballs. 
Spaceballs, has there ever been a, anything that pokes fun at Star Wars that has made you lose your uh, love of Star Wars? Has there ever been a moment when you've watched a parody of Star Wars, whether it be officially it just went sanctioned? too far. Exactly. I, I am curious about that. I, I Zach, and maybe Zenger, depending on what kind of mood he's in, I want to hear that. So, Zenger, another grievance for us. Yes. Go for it, sir. Oh, oh, me? Back to me? You, you seem perplexed by this this model that we're doing, where it's going... Well, no, I, I just... Listener, I just, me, you, I just listener, burned, me. I just burned the one about me wanting, wanting Robot Chicken to actually exist again, where they can make fun of Star Wars, because... God, those are good. And, and once again, the best portrayal of the Emperor ever, because I just assume he's like that. Yeah. Now, okay, this, this is a weird grievance, and this is like counterintuitive to probably stuff I'm saying in a later episode or stuff like that. While I love Star Wars being all-encompassing, I kind of get irritated that there's so much stuff you have to follow now if you really want to keep your finger on the pulse. That's the but issue. It's, but it's also one of those things where you choose how involved you want to be in the universe. But you can't do that. You no, know, that's okay. That's not. That's another thing we kind of discuss next week. We do. Um, we can't get into yes. it much on here because then we spoil next week. Yeah. Well, we can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. Um, Take that, John Justice. <laughs> Give justice, whatever. No, I no. That's but the problem though is that when they make everything canon. You are forcing everybody to, del- to to sit there, read, watch, uh, uh, do everything Star Wars. That's the reason why people feel compelled that might not like Resistance to watch it, is that if you want to know what goes on in the prelude to The Force Awakens, you have to watch Resistance. Poe Dameron is there. Phasma's there. There's, there. Leia's there. There is stuff there. And as of now, I don't think there's anything monumental. I've actually uh, caught up on Resistance since last time um, I've spoken about it. I'm up to date on it. But I think that is the thing with Star Wars. And I think that was the the brilliance of the EU and what George Lucas's kind of apathetic relationship to it. The issue, like the brilliance of the EU was, was like you had all the all the, the novels, Lord knows what, video games. It was all true until someone said, no, it's not. Well, it was not even that. It was it was all true. I mean, somebody that's still or- true too, actually, with the current one. No, 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 you can't do that now because basically, think I think of all those stupid EU books that are now basically wiped out. Kyle no, I'm just talk- saying the whole thing of oh, Rex is actually that old stormtrooper. I mean, that, that sorry, Rex is actually that old commando in Return of the Jedi. That yeah, was stated, but is it true? It's true until somebody says it's not. But uh, well, uh, th- that's not even anything. Okay, that that's ambiguous at least. So I don't mind that. It's the things like okay, and I'm not even a big um, Kyle Katarn fan. But it's oh, Rogue One wipes him out as a character. It's like he's gone. So unless they do a Thrawn and they pick him up and put him, throw him into a different era, it's like oh, okay, doesn't matter. And, I, and that was the brilliance of the EU is that all this stuff was there. And it only didn't matter until it got paved over. And oh, oh, Zenger, perfect timing. Speaking of speaking of things uh, for grievances, I have got a uh, I have maybe one of the greatest. Fe- I have a festivist miracle for you. Oh God. Oh, I hate I, it when I, I do this. soap at least. Oh God, where is it? Oh, I hate it when I do this. I hate it when I do this. Um. Uh... 
Don't worry, people. He'll get there. Yes, nose is important. Seriously, how did I not realize Kylo was the only one leaving footprints in the sand? Or in the salt? Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I found... Okay, so uh, to let everybody know what I'm referencing was I think... I'll, once again, you'll hear about it for the first time in next week's episode. You know, you'll hear this first. Was that I had a flood. I found some of my old Star Wars insiders in like Entertainment Weeklies that were like Star Wars like themed or had cover stories about Star Wars. And one of the ones I found was from March, April 2005. And it was for Clone Wars Season 2, the, yeah. the 21 through 25 chapters, which we still have to discuss and we will get to them eventually. Yeah! And and there's an, there's an interview with Gendy and don't forget to stay And don't forget to stay tuned for our discussion on the Robot Chicken specials. Yes, we'll get to that too. We have, we have a bunch of things planned for uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying this, it now so that people will demand it later. Well, Sanger, we have to have more than like three listeners for people to demand it. How many? What's the minimum number of people you need for it to be some be demanded by a group? Me just wanting it. <laughs> okay, there you go. You walked into that one. Oh, sure, sure. Um, but anyway, the interviews with uh, Jenny Tartakovsky and Paul Rudish. Um, actually, Paul Rudish is is actually like the executive producer and the mastermind behind the new Mickey Mouse shorts. If you watch Disney Channel at all, the new like incarnation of Mickey, um, that's all him. So anytime you see the new Mickey, know that that was actually uh, one of the people that was uh, the leads on the Star Wars Clone Wars series. Okay, this is one of my main... This, this, oh, Zenger, you are brilliant for reminding me of this. This is a perfect timing because I couldn't devote an entire episode to this. Um, in our Star Wars Clone Wars discussions from for the last, God, six months now, we've talked about how apparently like we've heard stories that Lucas wasn't like involved with um, the micro series. I heard he was. Well, exactly. I heard that too, but Pablo Hidalgo always hammered down that Lucas had pretty much no involvement with that, and it was more or less just licensing department of Lucasfilm at the time that was involved with that. But in this interview from Jendi Tartakovsky and Paul Rudish, there are numerous uh, quotes in this that say, that do allude to the fact that Lucas did was involved with it more than just uh, passing. So one of the ones why I knew it. So exactly, this is why I knew this too, because it was on the record. So this is again um, from the March April two thousand five issue of Star Wars Insider. This was the uh, interviewer's question. Getting back to episode twenty, did you have any idea you would get to tackle General Grievous? Tartakovsky, no, not at all. It came out of nowhere. After George had seen a full episode, he liked what we had done and figured we would do the right thing with the character. We didn't get it to go ahead until we were actually working on episode 20, at which time we had to rework the whole episode to fit the character in. So Lucas, so think about it, Lucas liked these guys enough that he basically let them put General Grievous in it. I told you, I, so I remember because in the sequel series, the one that we haven't talked about yet, they, um, in the movie, they were originally going to kill Shock T, but yes. since the series didn't have her there, they redid that to where... She wasn't to where they had to cut that out of the big movie. Yeah, exactly. Here's another question uh, from the interviewer. Do you feel your story has broken through the barrier of just being another cool amendment to the Star Wars lore to really establish itself as part of the true continuity on par with the films? And this is from Paul Rudish. We want to make what we're doing as legit as we possibly can. There are those fans who really only acknowledge what happens in the films is the true telling of the story. But we'll leave it up to them to decide if they want to accept what we're doing as legit. But when you get an official thumbs up from George himself 
and he actually says he wants us to link our story to the movie, then all of a sudden you have that stamp of approval that you're actually making something that is legitimately Star Wars. I'm so sorry. That- I just get the idea of, of um, sorry to interrupt, but I just get the idea of George Lucas trying to be the Fonz when he's given the thumbs up. Okay, Zenger like, undercut. Hey. Okay, Z- I think Zenger is as lo- funny as that is. Uh, Zenger is losing the point of this. I have it on the record from Pablo Hidalgo is saying Lucas had no. Se- Lucas did not consider. So wait, your your grievances. We just proved Pablo Hidalgo wrong. Yes, and we actually flip have his, proof of Flip this. stuff over. Start catching it on fire. Burn this place down. We are going. You know what, folks? We are going to because Pablo has told me along with other people. That Lucas had no involved, had pr- practically no involvement with this, and that the episode twenty-one through twenty-five, or the chapters twenty-one through twenty-five, were not his story. And from Paul Rudish once again, but when you get an official thumbs up from George himself, and he actually says he wants us to link our story to the movie, then all of a sudden you have the stamp of approval that you're actually making something that is legitimately Star Wars. Pablo Hidalgo, I don't know what to believe anymore. You told me that was Rex. I just think it was some old guy with a mustache now. That aside, once again, I want it on the record that we have... This is from one of the... Think about one of the, the, the main people involved. This Again, think about it. At, the, at 2005, what was... Or 2004, 2005, what was Pablo Hidalgo doing at Lucasfilm? Not to take anything away from him, but what was he doing? So, so is it... So who he are we going to... swirly from the big kids. Maybe who knows? But if think about who was involved with what at that time, are we going to believe him, or are we going to believe the guy that was quoted in a publication that was? I'm trying to think who they who they actually. What's the title Paul Rudish get, gets in this? I think he's the creative director. I think that's what he's listed as. Yeah, get there. He's listed as he's he's listed as art director in this article. So yeah. So I, I want on the record for grievances that Pablo Hidalgo, we have credible evidence that Pablo Hidalgo is wrong when it comes to Lucas's involvement with the micro series. Want it on the record. I will, I will put it in the show notes. I am going to, I will scan the entire article and uh, link to it somewhere. So yeah, that is a major one, folks. That is a, uh, that, that has been a major issue with me because I've known for years that Lucas was that. Impossible. I knew too. So, so Pablo's been sp- so been saying some fake news. <gasps> Pablo's fake news. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag fake news. I don't like calling people out, but when I have like credible, ev- like, it's, if this was like from some random like like forum, I'd be like, oh, who knows if it's legit? But it's from Star Wars Insider. Like, come on, this is legit evidence in the Star. This is more or less like one step removed from the Bible of Star Wars. Ah, um, dang. Hot dang. Thank you, Zenger, for reminding me of that. I've been. Uh, I don't know how I did, but you're welcome. You are a brilliant man, sir. Do, never stop, never stopping. Man, that's a cheap shot, R2. <laughs> oh, dear. Zenger's going to keep giving all these weird sort of like uh, uh, <laughs> notch marks. Where the movie's doing. at. All right, um, because Zenger kept uh, cutting me off at my dramatic points, I'm going to greet another one of our fan listeners' grievances. We have, once again, from Chris P., I am disappointed in the absence of Kyle Katarn, which we already kind of brought up, and the Yuzen Vong in the new canon. People talk a lot of crap about the old Expand universe, but an invading army of giant space orcs from outside the galaxy who are immune to the Force is a far more interesting foe for the Republic or the New Republic and Luke's reborn Jedi Academy than Stormtroopers version 3. 
I wholeheartedly Storm, agree with that. Didn't Stormver, Stormtroopers version 3, weren't they like any race? And not just the humanoid ones? No, I think he means like else? I think I think he means like we go from clone trooper or stormtroopers, clone troopers, then first order stern, stormtroopers. Ah, I think I think he means the third incarnation of uh, of of guys in white armor. Amazing I, that we have to distinguish. See, we have store, we have imperial stormtroopers, clone troopers, and we have first order stormtroopers. Isn't it great? Isn't JJ a visionary, folks? Get him uh, away from creating things. Yes. No, but I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, Chris. I would like when the Force Awakens was announced, and it's like you know, it's it is cool to see new stormtroopers. Like that was like insane to see in like November of 2014. I, I agree with you. It's like we. I want a uh, existential um, enemy of the universe. I really think that's a clever idea. I from what I've heard, Lucas didn't like the idea of, of beings being resistant to the Force. He never liked that. Oh, even with, like, I just the Salamari. Like I'm just I'm just against them being resistance to the force. Now, if you had them be really susceptible to the force, and 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 I don't know, they couldn't be like Misa, not not know what the force is. Yeah, yeah. Maxi big the force. Yes. I, I sorry I I got some writing to do. I'll be back. Furiously starts scribbling in his uh in his notebook. Or no, he has his legal pad. Legal pads. What Lucas always had. Anything to say about that, Zanger? Do you, do you, what do you feel about that? Uh, the using Vong was always a weird thing to me. Like, it was like, the, the moment where I was like, you know what, there's a stopping point for Star Wars canon, and I found it for me. I've never really delved into them, as, a, as all the stories they were involved with. What I liked was they did kind of bring everybody to like a breaking point in like the um, New Republic era. I think you could get you could milk a lot of story out of that, but I think the that lady needs to watch out for dinosaurs. What? Oh my god! Stop <laughs> talking about the movie. <laughs> oh my lord! But I think the issue of doing something like the Vong is that you would get a like anytime I think about like because I've thought about that a couple of times like what would a Vong episode seven look like or something like them not just specifically them I would get like prequel vibes from that. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, it feels too new for Star Wars, and clearly that was not what they wanted um, when it came to Episode Seven, and and that's kind of the that's the catch twenty two. It's like, oh, like new episode, like Episode Seven, but we need to do. We can't put anything new into it. Okay, um, well there goes uh, creativity. Creativity goes out the window. I'm outside, like some aliens in the corners. You know what's really weird about like Force Awakens is that like again JJ's a slave to nostalgia. Yeah, he put none of like the original trilogy aliens in there. And it's so weird. Like that man was such a slave to the original trilogy to the point where like legit, like we get X Wings and TIE Fighters, yet we don't get Rodians, we don't get Twi'leks, we don't get uh okay, Star Wars species here that's been everywhere. Uh Salston, except for nine um that's weird. Like the fact that like we did not get any classic aliens in that movie. So odd, considering how he's such a slave to nostalgia. All right, Zenger, uh, give you another break so you can watch more of the Last Jedi. Another listener, Dominic K, said, "Where are the Knights of Ren? Only so many hours in the sequel trilogy, and two thirds without a real Knights of Ren presence." I don't think they're gonna be in the movies. It's the same thing that's happening with the rumors of Episode Nine. 
kind of happened with them in episode eight, where it was like, oh, like Ray's gonna fight them and Luke's gonna fight them, and then Ray and, and or Kylo they're Ren actually are the fight Red them. Guard. Well, yeah, like that's I I think you. It's funny people are complaining about where are the Knights of Ren, or in the infamous words of Saddam Hussein, were Knights of Ren. I think I think you essentially get the the Knights of Ren fight, like Zenger was saying, during the throne room thing with Snoke. Like, would, would a fight of the, the Snoke's guard, the Praetorian guard, be that much different? Like, if they're wearing black instead of red, it's more or less the same fight. But then it's, it's just, the whole emotional thing of Kylo has to fight the very thing he created. But we, well, he's the master of them. We don't know if he's a creator of them. I feel like I should insert some um, Frankenstein <laughs> joke here, but I'm above that. Thing that that the monster's not named Frankenstein, the doctor's named Frankenstein. The monster doesn't have a name. Back to Dominic's point, I I think we might get a little bit more of the Knights of Ren, maybe because I think that's become a sticking point. Again, I think a lot of people have to keep in mind that when Ryan Johnson wrote Last Jedi, Force Awakens was still, I think, in principal photography. So he kind of had to adjust things on the fly, and there really wasn't any sort of time to uh, gauge what the fans were looking at. I, I think that's one. I think that's one of the more beautiful things of the Last Jedi is that it's probably the last Star Wars project we'll ever get where it was created in a vacuum, without any sort of uh, fan demands bleeding in to the creative process. You're never going to get that again in Star Wars. No way. Like from the Mandalorian all the way to the the Calrissian Endor series, we are. We, you're, there's never going to be a point where there's not some point of the fans uh, with their flaming torches and pitchforks getting <laughs> into, into the creative process. Yeah, that, that's for sure. And I think that's the fun thing with the Last Jedi is that it's it's a project that was wholly written without any sort of fan consciousness being in the writer's head along with them to each his own. I I imagine a lot of people are probably had their own hot takes about that. Fortunately for you, I only get one of those. It's never going to happen again. It's kind of like Haley's comet. You get to see it once and that's more or less it for 200 years. All right, Zenger grievance me. I'm saying what scene's about to happen so I can be, Oh dear. Why, why couldn't she just have told them to plan? Actually, you know what? I'm going to actually How long do have we been recording? <laughs> We're already at that point. Um, actually, I've got a good point to something. So you got the, the giant ship. The Radis. Oh, sorry. Hold on. The best part of the movie where um, Maz appears. The Lightspeed Bullet was the best part of the whole movie. Uh, so, sorry. Second best part of the movie where Maz is randomly <laughs> there having a better movie happening to her. Two th- I, actually, I got two things, but I'm just going to do the one now. The giant ship appears, which... Why can I oh. not remember that ship name? Supremacy. Yeah, there we go. The Supremacy appears. Doesn't have really that much reference to it. It's just like his big ship. And you know what? I'm going to say this real quick. I appreciate that and the fact that this is very much like Empire. And the fact that you had... Um, you had vader's big ship appear and there was no real explanation behind that aside from it was the super star destroyer and that wasn't even given a name till the next movie but like the super star destroyer uh, okay that's one of the really odd uh, few derivative points in the last jedi is that it the supremacy basically does the exact same thing as 
a Super Star Destroyer does in the Empire Strikes it's Back. It's giant, ominous thing that's like, they have bigger ones, and that's all it does. Well, no, it's not even that. It's meant to show, like, okay, even though the good guys destroyed the giant planet-destroying weapon, these guys are still well-equipped. That's what it's meant for. It's meant to show that even though these guys have lost their big gun, they still have many other big guns that just aren't as big as that one. So my other my my actual grievance is, how do the hologram projector things work? Because it's like always somebody is sitting there ready. Like you never actually. I stand corrected. In Empire, proving that it's the best movie. <laughs> um, you get the thing where the guy, where the one commander's standing there, and Vader shows up. He goes, "Oh, Lord Vader!" Like like they're not like staring right at where he's going to appear. They just kind of notice. Oh. He's talking to us, even though that's through a video screen, which is different. But it's like the holograms always appear, because that bothered me about when it showed um, when it showed uh, Darth Maul in Solo. Was he just sitting in that chair waiting for that moment? Maybe. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was on the computer or something. Maybe getting a cup of coffee, and he's kind of, like, sat back. Like, he, like, like, she notifies him, and he, I don't know. And also, I do, once again, emphasize that scene. She never refers to him directly. So they could have honestly put anyone else in that scene, and it would have worked perfectly fine. Like, even Vader. Which there was rumors that he was on set. Yeah. I, I, as time goes on, I definitely think they probably... You know, like, Zenger knows from his... Like, also, season. sorry, real quick, it would have been very funny if it popped up that thing where it showed him alive. Everyone's like, what are they talking about? It had a little thing pop in the corner. Watch episodes blah, blah, blah of Rebels to find out more. But Zenger, and how we have a job to do. That's our we got, job. We gotta tell people. We gotta do the legwork for people. Um, we're there so when people need uh, the movie explained to them, uh, which every good movie needs to have uh, explained by diehard fans to the uh, filthy casuals when they walk out. Yes. How old no, are you I, now? Well, I think like um, like you were saying with the fact they could have really plugged in any sort of Star Wars cameo there. I I think they probably had, and I think this is maybe where a lot of those Darth Vader rumors came from, was that like like Zenger knows like his Simpsons history with who shot Mr. Burns. Yes. And they and they animated like what like um, Smithers doing it, um, yes. Krusty doing it, like all the all like like they had multiple endings, and I think that's what they probably did with Solo. Again, who knows if if Maul so they was were the expecting people to leak information. Yeah, except the fact that the mall thing never came out until the movie was in theaters. Except for somehow, Marie knew. <laughs> which is still amazing. Which is still <laughs> that, that, is, that is hands down amazing, still to this day. The only, the only caveat I still have to give to that was, you had her on after the film had it did have its premiere in Cannes. Like, even though I still believe her, I, 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 I 100% believe her that she was... 100% ignorant to what would actually happen in the, the final product. It is worth noting that that, re that was recorded after the premiere. Okay. Just, just, just covering our butts. I still think that's an amazing Hail Mary of a prediction. Good God. That, that, that is a jumping backwards, throwing that ball into the freaking wind. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, that, no, that was legit. Bro. That was, that was, uh, that was, that was good on her part. Like I told Zenger, uh, so, sometime, so to recap, sometime early 2019, if, um, I, want her to, I want him to book her. So to recap real quick for anyone at home scratching their head on what the hell you guys are talking about, uh, on the last predictions episode I did over on Zingness for the last, I mean, for Solo, 
I had a guest on Marie Mayhew, who is a big fan of Star Wars and has been on the show several times. She, one of her predictions was that Maul was going to make an appearance because they were dealing with the crime. She even called the crime syndicate part of it, too. But since they were dealing with the crime and all that stuff, that they were doing with the underworld and everything, that that's why he would appear. And I was like, oh, whatever. And I sat there in the theater going, son of a bitch. Yeah, that was amazing. Like that, like, I remember hearing about that, and I was kind of like, oh my god. Um, Wait, is it my turn to air a grievance? Because I have one off the top of my head right now. You haven't stopped airing grievances. <laughs> I will never stop airing grievances. Go, f- go for it, Zinger. Never stop. The guy sitting beside me at the solo movie. He's your grievance? Yes. What happened at the theater? Because he was like... Wait, why is Maul here? Is this taking place before episode one? I don't get why he said... Watch the shows, damn it! <laughs> come on, folks. Any sort of good movie has to come with an instruction booklet to explain I, I had to explain to him it. why he, he was there afterwards. And he's like, huh, never watch the show. Come on, baby, let's go get some more popcorn before we leave here. <laughs> I think uh, the, the 1984 Dune actually came with, like... um. Like a playbill that explained the terminology and what the movie was about before you actually watched it. I think I think, it's, I think they should do that with movies now. Like when you go see like Avengers fifty five, there should be like, like a little like forty five page book that comes with it, and it's like like, like please re- at this point like Xander like a little like number will appear on screen. Please reference this page for what's going on in this scene as to what the characters are talking about. Oh, okay. I I would like if they popped thing up on screen that said please refer to the person beside you who is actually. Like going, holy! Shit. How does it? Holy! Shit, he's here. That's twice bleep now. Yeah, make an extra work for you, because then I would have had five people in the theater turn to me, going, "Hey, explain." Well, what they should have, they should have like a designate, designated nerd for every theater who you go up to with all your like queries after the showing. So why no, did this happen? After the credits, it's after the credits. You get a nerd to fully explain the stuff. A live Q and A, in other words. Yes. But you get to pelt them with popcorn. <laughs> it's better than tomatoes or rocks, I guess. Well, they won't let me bring those into the theater to eat anymore, so... Oh, that's another good one. Okay, I'm going to write that down. You know, at this point, folks, you know, I, I might have to start saving some of these for Festivus 2019. <laughs> and I thought for a second I wouldn't have much to talk about this year. Boy, <laughs> has I wrong. My grievances know no bounds. All right, so from Corey B., we have another grievance. I never understood how in episode three, how Darth Vader in a clone battalion took the whole Jedi temple. Where where were all the temple guards, leftover Jedi knights, Padawans, and elders? All you got was a few team Padawans getting killed in the scene of Vader finding the kids. Actually, oh uh, <laughs> uh, as for the uh, temple guards, I think that is, uh, that is a giant question mark. Nobody knows for sure what they were doing. Uh, but considering that the... They were uh, at gra- lunch. They were at lunch, and then when they heard, they kind of like, oops, a daisy, and they kind of skedaddled off Coruscant. But no, um, if you look at Star Wars Rebels, the Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi Temple guard, so there's a very good chance that maybe Palps corrupted him. We don't know. Um, I think even if you go back and look at some of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars episodes, when Ahsoka is wrongly accused, you can see that there's a lot of Jedi Temple guards kind of in the, the prison guarding her. So maybe they the guards were maybe a little bit more toward the 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 government or the Senate side of things with the Chancellor. 
just an idea of speculation. That's at least how how it seems. Again, who knows? Maybe the Grand Inquisitor had some sort of sway over the rest of them. I don't think we know what his rank was amongst the Jedi Temple Guards. As for Anakin, like just like going around, the whole point too is that the Jedi. For, again, this is me kind of filling in the gaps. I think the Jedi Temple was more or less unguarded. I think because of the Clone Wars, the Jedi were spread pretty thin. I've just read this recently that in the the new Age of Republic comics, I think they've done a Darth Maul one and they've done a Qui Gon Jinn one. That they say that uh, the Darth Maul one takes place before um, Phantom Menace, and it's referenced that Palpy's plan is to uh, thin out the Jedi's numbers between the war where a lot of them are dying, and then just having them spread to different corners of the wind. That I think the Jedi Temple was more or less unguarded by, by Jedi because clearly, too, there are a lot, as we've seen from the Clone Wars series, there were a lot of clone troopers that were in charge of guarding things, especially like the Temple. But then on top of it, but we do know from Revenge of the Sith itself that Anakin actually did fight off a Jedi Master, uh, Sindralig, who is the reverse name for Nick Gillard, who was the. Uh, um, lightsaber choreographer for the prequel trilogy. I know it was in the Revenge of the Sith game, and I think it's it's more EU stuff, but I know Syndralic is a uh, canon character. Wait, uh, isn't he, it the chick that like, nope, was the... Guy. Oh, oh, okay. It's a guy. Oh, oh okay, now I know which one. Yeah, he's, in, he's in the security footage. Like You can see him for like a split second in the uh, footage that Obi-Wan's looking at with Yoda. Um, he's Where in the video He's killing game. yinglings. Yes. Yinglings, uh, good old. He's getting totally wasted. He's he's there. Syndral, like he's a Jedi Master. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of comic that that takes place during that time frame of the the the, the march on the temple. That'd be cool. I'd love. You know what? Uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. Do it. Do an episode on that. I want that, or even better, do a Forces of Destiny. I want a a Forces of Destiny Star Wars doll. Of cloaked Anakin with the evil Sith eyes. Give me that doll, Hasbro. I want a um a thing at the uh the Star Wars land at Disney. Oh boy. To where you're in the temple and have to run from him, killing everyone. So it's like some sort of weird like Columbine school shooter esque experience. <laughs> you're the one that made this horrible. <laughs> You're the one that's pitching an attraction when you're running away from a murderer. I, I just, I, I just also enjoy the the. I can't remember where I saw, but it was some joke of Anakin. I mean, not Anakin. Um, Luke getting the lightsaber, and it's like it was your father's lightsaber. He murdered a ton of children with it. <laughs> yeah, it's always been. It's it's kind of odd how the um, how the 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 retconning of that does not work whatsoever. Well, I wouldn't say retconning, but I like how Lucas really... I guess think about it. Like, you have that moment in A New Hope where it's like the awe-inspiring moment of like, this was your father's lightsaber. He would have wanted you to have it when you became old enough. So he could it, kill you with it. No, well, the, the jokes aside, it's the whole idea that Lucas really did kind of just take the, the grandeur out of that. And I mean that in a positive sense. Like, I like that the fact that you look at the, the troubled history that surrounds the Luke Skywalker, or I guess the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber. And that's why I'm a little disappointed that, like, the original 
rumors. We, again, to this day, we still don't know the full extent of how true they were. But the original filmed version of Force Awakens was going to use the lightsaber as the MacGuffin and not the, the map. I still think that would have made a lot more of a, a interesting thing of seeing that. Like, yeah, again, that was the rumored opening shot was of the 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 lightsaber floating through space and hitting the Jakku desert. I still think that would have been a much much more interesting idea. And the fact that you do have the dialogue like Kylo Ren saying, "Where'd you get that? That belongs to me." Like I said, folks, you go back to watch Force Awakens, and there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes poking out of that movie that that kind of hint toward. There might have been a whole nother movie filmed around what we from what what was taken from that first cut and then placed into the final cut. Again, that's we all talk about Rogue One being the mysterious movie where we might have a uh, a release the the Gareth Edwards cut, kind of a the spiritual predecessor to release the Snyder cut. Um, I think there might be a whole nother version of Force Awakens that we're not even privy to that that JJ has buried so deep that we might not ever even see the ghost of it. I, I get your grievance there, Corey, but there is some evidence there, if you know where to look for, as to how Anakin was able to um, uh, raid the Jedi Temple. He was that ah. strong with the dark side. There you go. Um, he was seduced. Yes. But Jenner, I have seduced a question. murdering children. <laughs> Child murder. That's another great robot robot chicken sketch where it's like um it's like okay pull together Annie pull together just pretend you're in the fields of Naboo and he starts yeah. imagining all the children are like the flowers <laughs> and then like the end of the second like, he obviously he murders all the children he cuts the end and Padme walks in hi honey I'm home oh great I left you some flowers on the table oh <laughs> Annie you shouldn't have <laughs> oh child murder in a Star Wars film. Weird. That's another thing. Like, it's odd that nobody complains about. Like, and we'll complain about the fact that Luke Skywalker milks a character for milk that he drinks because he lives on a remote island and needs to drink nutritional items. Though that that is the worst thing that's ever happened in Star Wars. But a character murdering children, or at least strongly alluding to murdering children on screen, that's fine. Everybody's on board with that. Star Wars fans are normal people that aren't off their meds at all. <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, like okay, okay, this, okay, this is one of my grievances now. I didn't even write this one down. At this point, I'm not even going to get to the ones that I wrote down. Um, like, what is up? What letting them age so... like fine wine. <laughs> not like this podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's the one of the weirdest things with Star Wars fans. Why is it that, like, Star Wars fans pick up on the weirdest nitpicks, yet things that are clearly just, like, weird and gonzo and off their rocker, like, nobody talks about? Like, we will spend countless hours, or, like... Uh, Leia, do you spend... remember your mother? Yes, I remember her. Well, I've heard complaints about that. I've heard complaints about that. But not... You're, tr- you're right. That's not, that's not one that people really kind of glom onto. But, again, Last Jedi... People get so mad at the fact that Luke Skywalker is milking this creature. It's like, folks, he lives on a deserted island. Like, if you were on an island and you found a cow and you had nothing else to drink other than salty seawater, you too would start milking the, the weird cow island cow. All it's right. Like I, I want to point out something real quick. Okay, go Because this is, this is always my awkward, I'm going to leave a room conversation. Thing I have with people to where it's like if I want to get out of a conversation or just get out of a situation real quick, this is what I do. So uh, just real quick for everyone, um, 
how did the first person realize like they could milk a cow or they could drink the milk from a cow? Like, how did that work? Just they're just, they're they were all just think, jerky. Just think about that. Just, just think about that that person who went, "Hey, you see that animal over there? I'm gonna go drink some of that milk." Think about that. Think about that first person. Everyone's like, oh, "What a freak!" Exactly. He, he would. That man would later turn out to be Luke Skywalker. Yes. Circa, uh, uh, what would it be? Thirty-nine uh, uh, BBY. No, ABY. ABY. Oh, sorry, sorry. My, my fault. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars reference. Uh, I knew I got the date wrong. But no, like people complain about the Luke Skywalker milking scene. Yet, like again, you. I mean, I just saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you did. But people have like absolutely no problem. With the idea of like, oh, in Return of the Jedi when they blow up the Death Star. Like, what's going to happen to all that debris? Like, it's going to hit Endor. It's a coming for them. It's gonna they all got off planet. No, when they blow, no, when they blew up, it's going to go directly toward the planet. It's not like it's just like, I think about that. It's going all toward the planet. So, like, why would you host, host a celebration there? You it's know, like, you're, you're going to be hit I, by space debris. I will give it to the um the battlefront 2 that actually had that battle where they were in the debris. Oh, like in space though, right? Yeah. Oh, I'll give it to that. They actually acknowledged, "Hey, there was debris floating around here still." Yeah. But, but anyway, some of that hit the planet. Why why are you having this? it's kind of like like imagine in World War 2 after we dropped the the the, the atomic bombs on like uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We have a party just like right like the town to the east of it. It's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you do that? Like, I know they've explained things in the comics. Like, oh, they put up shield generators to, like, protect the Ewoks and Endor. Like, yeah, huh? And it's like, yeah, huh? Yeah, I believe that. So before or after they ate everyone that those helmets belonged to. <laughs> All right. Uh, next grievance of mine. We as Star Wars fans, like, rush to conclusions about everything. Uh, we don't let anything kind of, like, gestate anymore. My example of this would be Star Wars Resistance. Um, like I said, I've, I'm caught up on Star Wars Resistance. And I know in our uh, initial like review of it or discussion of it, I was really negative toward it. And now I'm about, I think I'm about, I think it's only about, I think maybe 10, 11 episodes in. I am wholeheartedly digging Resistance. It has gotten much better. It's, it's not Clone Wars good, but I'd say it's about like where Rebels season one it, one was, like when that aired in like 2014, 2015. Like, don't get me wrong, it, it has its childish moments. Um, the character that says best starfighter pilot in the galaxy doesn't do as much talking. But oh, they, they they figured that out. Good, good. Yeah, they, they've cut him down. But it's weird. Like the show was marketed as like, oh, it's a bunch of like racers on like a giant like oil platform. And they race and do stuff that has very little to do with anything they've shown so far. Even to this like day on the show, they still there's like two of like the aces is what they're called like the 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 racers that I'm pretty sure haven't talked. I find that like this baffling that like, considering how much of that show's marketing was uh, centered around those characters and they at least still have nothing to do. But no, there's some really good episodes of Resistance where you have Kaz. And he's like spying on the first order and doing stuff. It's it's legit solid. Like I am shocked at how much resistance is is good. It's another example of what happened with Solo. I don't think Lucasfilm or whoever, or maybe it's it's Disney consumer products. 
I don't know who's marketing this stuff, but they are doing a horrible job at it. They are really like horrible. I think if you probably took a step back and looked at uh, Star Wars Lucasfilm's current uh, dilemma with the fans, I think at least three quarters of it is marketing. I think they just don't know how to market this stuff properly. I think like, they, they have to take a hint from like the people who do the Marvel and the Pixar stuff and even like Mary Poppins Returns because like the Disney's Lucasfilm marketing team just really uh, I don't know if there's maybe it's just not Star Wars fans on those teams, but they did not do resistance justice. Like, I, I, I don't know like how many people out there would appreciate resistance. To be fair, I'm kind of uh, I, I'm not expecting much from it. So maybe that's why I'm enjoying it as much as I am. But I think it's a major thing with um, Star Wars going forward. It's like we have to stop this like rushing to judgment on these things and just let these things kind of like just enjoy. Like, like let them gestate. Let them have a moment of just like oh okay. Like like soak it in a little bit before you automatically say zero stars unsubscribe. And I am guilty of this as as much as anybody else is, and that's maybe like a, a quasi grievance combined with maybe like a New Year's resolution. Like maybe don't automatically write things off and cast uh, ill opinions of them. Sanger, where are we in The Last Jedi? Um, Light Sweet Bullet. Sanger, how long have we been recording? <laughs> no, we're at the... It's the running of the quaffles, or whatever the crap those things are called. <laughs> I like the name Quaffle, so I'm not going to correct him. <laughs> From now on, we are going to call... I'm not going to tell Zanger the real name. We are <laughs> calling the creatures in Canto Bite Quaffles. <laughs> it's the great running of the Quaffle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call that. See, forget about it. We're not calling it the Canto Bite uh, a, a sequence anymore. We're calling it the running of the Quaffles. <laughs> All right, Zegger, do you have another grievance for us? Yeah, how indestructible are these creatures? They're smashing through walls. <laughs> I'm pretty sure How they did they capture these creatures? Seriously. They seem pretty easy once, like, Rose and Finn dismount them. Yeah. I've always thought about that, like, watching The Last Jedi, and, like, and it's like uh, Finn makes the comment, like, it, it, it was worth it just to, like, uh, rough up the town a little bit. And then she's like, no. She takes a saddle off the one, and she's like, now it was worth it. I'm like, what do you think that's going to happen to these creatures? They're just going to round them all up again and put them back into the stables. Like, it's not like, like, Canto bite, and these, they don't have, like, air speeders. Like, think about it. Like, if you're in a horse track and the horses get loose, it's not like the jockeys but, and the owners are like, oh, well, they're gone forever. No, It's like, they're free. It's like, no, they're just going to round them back up. It's like nothing. It's like what? Yeah, that, that's another weird part of the last Jedi. That uh, it's funny. Again, once again, we'll complain about the fact that Rose is like weird. Like everyone complains, like oh, she's weirdly. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. Like uh, anti, like military industrial complex. Yet that with the quaffles, uh, just being easily rounded up like fifteen minutes after they leave is, is not talked about. Again, odd what the Star Wars fan base uh, harps on. Yes, yeah, like the name of creatures when someone comes up with a better name while they've been sitting here being forced to watch this movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's forcing you to watch The Last Jedi? <laughs> I feel like the fans did, inadvertently. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. All right, Zanger, you got another grievance for us? I got nothing off the top of my head right now. I'm kinda, I've kind of calmed down enough. You're grievanced out? Uh, not, not entirely, but for the time being. I don't know, I might come up with something more, but for the time being think i've kind of settled 
You've settled. Yes. Oh man, the alcohol setting is getting tired, folks. All right, fine. I want Star Wars detours. <laughs> God damn it. That's not only a grievance, that's more of a demand. <laughs> that is a demand. It's a grievance that I don't have, and it's demand that I need it now. Uh, Bring you, me Star Wars detours. You, you, you crazy quaffy, quaff or whatever your name <laughs> Quaffle. is. Quaffle. Quaffle. We're going to make plush dolls of the quaffles. <laughs> We're going to sell them. And they can't sue us because that's not their real name. Ha, take that. Star- take that, Disney. You show them, Disney. All right, I wait, think... Wait, I hear a knock at my door. I think it's them trying to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's there with the, the, the men in the, uh, the suits and ties. No, they, they, they're, they're all dressed as Mickey Mouse. Ha-ha! 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 You've been served! Ha-ha! <laughs> have a magical day! Okay, from our Facebook group, we have Lars S., who writes to us saying, I was seven when Star Wars arrived in 1977. I didn't care then, but as I rewatched it, as I got older, that Luke went from a no-name farmer to the greatest fighter pilot in the galaxy in a matter of days. I'm pretty sure I, they, I, they explain that line away. They explain it away with the line of, I used to uh, bullseye rock I rats. used to kill tiny creatures with my... With my, you know, illegal... I mean, sky my illegal, Yeah, my illegal Skyhopper. T-16 Skyhopper? Yeah. That's funny. That, that vehicle has lived on more as a toy than it has in any other way. Because, like, again, we see him holding the little model of it. And then it became, like, what? A Power of the Force 2 toy. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, kind of the legacy of that, of that ship. Like, I don't think we've ever seen that in a movie before. I think it's in the video games, but... I, I'm sorry. I thought that statement was going to end... I didn't care about Star Wars when I was seven, and I don't care about it now. <laughs> and that was the statement. I don't know, though. I don't know if um, Luke was ever considered the greatest Starfighter pilot in the galaxy. I think Luke was always considered a good pilot. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's no wedge. He's no wedge. <laughs> Which wedge, Zanger? The real wedge or the fake wedge? Which one's the fake wedge again? Isn't that the one in Empire? The one during the brief... Remember from the... There's two wedges. In the briefing... Um, for the Death oh. Star attack, that's one wedge, and then it's the actual wedge, whose name I can't remember. You and McDonald's uncle. There you go. Dennis Lawson, yeah, Dennis Lawson. Yeah. Then he know, kept I'm... showing up in other movies. Yeah. Reluctantly, I'd like to assume. Well, he he didn't want to be in Episode uh, Seven. They asked him. He said uh, no. But apparently, he's apparently people have talked to him at like the conventions, and he's like, no, I love Star Wars now. So who knows? Hey, he might show up in episode nine. Who knows? Um, but no, Lars, I really... Back in I, my day, we used to use targeting computers. <laughs> okay, Commander Wedge. It's weird that it's also gone away as a Star Wars thing, the targeting computer. Yeah. How does Poe get so good at shooting stuff? He's not using his targeting computer. <gasps> does he have the Force? Poe might not, but Oscar Isaac definitely does. Yes, he does. He knows how to get himself cast in movies that are Indeed. questionable. He is a rather positive uh, scorecard when it comes to I've movies. seen X-Men Apo- Age of Apocalypse. That's probably the worst movie to see if you do not know Oscar Isaac as an actor. I don't think I need to continue after that statement. That's that, No, that's the exact opposite movie you should watch with him. Opposite of what? A good then movie? You don't, da, da, you don't, da, 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 da. You do not watch that movie. Do not get, that's not fair, Zinger. Give Oscar Isaac a chance. Okay. Go watch Annihilation. Alright, I'll get right on that. Every time I say the word Annihilation, I'm going to add the Annihilation sound to the movie. <laughs>
Sam doesn't know what that is, but he's laughing. <laughs> so, just want to know what the sound is now. Oh, so if I say annihilation, it makes Sex. the sound. <laughs> nice. That's a new rule, folks. I mean, anytime somebody says the word annihilation, um, you have to put the sound effect. Well, in. I hope people don't like not like Ray because there's a ton of her now. That's your hand, Ray. Oh, don't snap your finger. How long have we been talking? What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, but no, uh, Lars has a part two to his grievance. My oh, God, there's more. My second irritation, I am not a fan of the sequel trilogy movies so far, but I love the two standalone movies. Disney has not won me over enough for me to get the future streaming service. Hear, hear on that. <gasps> the streaming service part. That's fair. The sequel trilogy. Okay, so you you like the standalones, but not the sequel films. That's interesting. Usually people like Force Awakens and Rogue One, and then the ones who didn't like The Last Jedi just started with the not my Star Wars nonsense. Um, so they didn't see Solo, or they claim they didn't see Solo. That's interesting. I've not heard... I, now that I think about it, I've not heard anybody who does not like the sequel, any of the sequel films... But likes the standalones. That's that's an interesting perspective. That's unique, Lars. You should go get it checked out by a doctor. <laughs> oh, we need a doctor on this podcast. We have we have a we have a force ghost. We, is oh, there a doctor? Do I need to be a doctor now? Paging Dr. Zanger. Paging I'll work Dr. Zanger. on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> let, me, let me keep drinking. He might be here by the end of the episode. The streaming service, I don't know. Uh, I guess the question is. Maybe this is not just the large, maybe our audience at large. If you're not already sold on the streaming service, what would it take? Like, will you see that first Mandalorian trailer, which is coming out sometime in April, and will that hook you? Or is it just April Fool's joke? Got ya. (laughs) So, Lars, my question to you would be. Would it be a trailer, or would it be something kind of like what CBS did with um, Star Trek Discovery and All Access, where they actually aired like the first two episodes on CBS, and then you had to like obviously pay for the subsequent episodes, which I'd be shocked if Disney doesn't do The Mandalorian on um, ABC. Like Again, same thing, I wouldn't be shocked. So, like, are you completely just dead set against it, or are you open to the idea of it. And I think that goes to anybody out there if you're not sold on the, the streaming service. I, I know, I, I, for what they're saying, I'm guessing it's going to be around 9 or $10 a month. And, I, again, I just want for the Disney catalog. Like I want like, I want to be able to watch The Black Cauldron and all of its HD streaming glory. They're so not going to include that. They have to. God dang it, they have to. Or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I will take that in HD. Um, as no, they must true. include Black Cauldron. Like it's I like said, the I thing they wanted I, to hide, but for some reason, like Disney Tokyo had it everywhere. I I will also allow if the holiday special is on there. That will also be a uh, a, a a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. What's the opposite of a deal breaker? That would be a, a sold. Take my money. <laughs> Show up and take my money is the opposite of a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lars, get back to us. Uh, we'd like to hear your perspective. And plus, I think, I don't know if we ever mentioned it, maybe it was edited out, though, but when you posted the, the dry erase board with all your, your uh, students in their favorite films, and, like, the vast majority of them had Fallout, I think Zenger and I were both kind of, like, amazed that, was that you, Zenger, or maybe that was Rob I was talking to? I'm not sure. Did we talk about that? No, this is interesting to me now. 
Oh, okay. You have my attention. This was a while ago, maybe a few months ago. Lars, I think it was Lars. If it's not Lars, I apologize to whoever it was. Posted like I think they were they are a school teacher and they had they asked a bunch of their students like what was their to listen favorite? to our podcast those poor kids give them an A no that's abuse someone would be going to jail if they forced their students to listen to us but he asked their student somebody asked their students to um, like write their favorite film I think it was like mostly like from the summer or I think it was any favorite film and I think the majority of the the names on the dry erase board was a Fallout which I can only was confer it was Mission Impossible Fallout. I found it fascinating that a bunch of kids found a uh, a a six film in the Mission Impossible series is their favorite film over things like Incredibles. Was or... it this this year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty sure. It was so that. I guess none of them went and watched Solo. No, Zanger. Kids don't care about the origin stories from a forty-year-old character. People just don't care about that. I, I think they would go out and watch um watch Harrison Ford. Drive around in a car solo. You mean drive around in a plane? <laughs> oh, no, god dang, I don't want crash footage. Solo 2, it's just a GoPro mounted to uh, Harrison Ford's plane. <laughs> Chili, we're going down! I'm pretty sure that was the original incarnation of the Millennium Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge. Was it going to be Harrison Ford's like a, a plane adventure? <laughs> just, just already is crashed when you get there. <laughs> oh, dear. But mommy, I thought planes fly. Not this one, kids. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh, there. Man. Oh god, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I wonder if Har- I wonder when Harrison Ford crashes his plane. Do you think he says it like to the paramedics? <laughs> like, like they're climbing over it. Get off my, my plane. plane. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ford, you crashed your plane again. No, it's it. it I parked it. I like to imagine like there's like there's a, the way I left it. What did you guys do to it? I like to imagine there's like a Keen Peel sketch where it's like like the two paramedics show up and like 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 they're sitting like it, or before they show up, they get like they're like in the firehouse and they're like, "Yo, I just finished watching Air Force One. It was great. Yeah, Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, great movie." They get called out. Oh, we have a plane crashed on the golf course, and they get there and they're like. Oh, don't and they see it's like like is that Harrison Ford? Oh my God! Like don't say it, don't say it. They're like okay, Mister Ford, we'll help you get out of the plane. And then like don't say it. <laughs> and it's just like how long until eventually it's just like get, it's like it's like uh, Mister Ford. Um, is it okay that I lean on your plane to uh, get off my plane? Oh, he said it. <laughs> that like there is a great Key and Peel sketch in there somewhere. All right. Um. I'm trying to think, Sanger. Any other grievances for our audience? Because we I are. Mean, I got tons, here. but I, I I can air those during the. Oh my gosh, it's Puppet Yoda. Once again, how long have we been recording? <laughs> uh, oh my lord, uh, we're getting to the good parts of the last Jedi now. So oh we're god, gonna, no, we got yeah, There's flames in that. Oh man, hey folks, did you know if you freeze frame that sequence that Sanger's at right now in the Last Jedi, you can actually see Force Ghost Jim in the background. Ah. And, and, and by that, I do not mean um, his reflection in your TV and him being behind you, behind your couch as you watch the film. I mean, like, he's actually in the film. Uh, don't, be, don't, call the, don't call the cops. <laughs> Terrible joke. Yes. Not so, uh, Puppet Yoda, yay or nay? Yeah, I liked it. I, I, the first time I saw it, it was kind of, the first shot of it, when you're not expecting it, it's a little rough. But it, it's grown on me. I think it's cool. So I know some people don't like it. And I'm like, you know what? Indifferent. It's there. It's whatever. It's a thing. 
It's a thing in a movie. Okay, last thing for me, and it'll bring this full circle concerning that Zenger's been watching The Last Jedi during this, and, and Zenger has the uh, mental focus attention of an eight-year-old at an ice cream party. <laughs> he takes another swig from his beer bottle. Uh, the Last Jedi Bombers, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that people cannot just wrap their head around the fact that bombers are not like ironclad Clearly, Ryan Johnson was basing this off World War II and what you said. Those things the were almost indestructible, I thought. No, they were. Oh, no, they Why do you think during World War II, every time they used to uh, send bombers off to hit their targets? Then, okay, why didn't they make the freaking bombers A 10 Warthogs? Those things are. You can blow them up and they'll somehow still fly. The Warhogs from like modern era aviation? Yes! Because 70 years of, of aero, aerodynamic uh, advancements happened between the two of them? I just want to see those in the movie now, flying instead. But no, going back to The Last Jedi, the whole thing is that clearly he was basing these off World War II bombers where they have to be, if, it was, if, if the fighter pilots were not escorting them and being vigilant and fighting off the, uh, the other... But again, Y-wing bombers could have just done the same thing. No, no, because Y-wing bombers don't have the same level, don't have a payload that's the same. That's what I mean, though. It's again, I don't know why this became a thing where people just like hate the resistance bombers. First and foremost, it's an aesthetic choice. Deal with it. Ryan Johnson made the movie, not you. And two, clearly he was basing this off of World War II era dogfights. Oh, fun fact. Um, Nuclear weapons do do exist in the EU. Yeah, that's not surprising. But they don't use them because of the toll that they take on, like, you can't use the land or anything, then plus lasers. Laser bombardment works, like, way better, they said. Yeah, just random fun fact, I don't know, off the top of my head. As this Festivus, um, as our airing of grievances uh, comes to a close, so begins the feats of strength. I drank three beers. Okay, so it's, it's, so it's going to be kind of hard to pin you down. Yes. I got the power of Budweiser and Jim Bean in me right now. All right, so... By the way, my review of this beer, it tastes like someone left some Jim Bean in the glass and they poured Budweiser in. <laughs> Knights of Vader podcast sponsored by... <laughs> Budweiser! Uh, if only. <laughs> Feats of strength, Zenger. Remember, the night's not over until one of us is pinned down. Okay. All right. So, but that will be for the post show. Uh, if you are a Patreon member, you will be able to uh, hear who wins the feats of strength, concluding Festivus on the Knights of Vader podcast. It's going to be me. You think? Yeah. I've been, you I've, think? I've been lifting extra weights this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you think. It's because you've been handling a lot more Star Wars merchandise than I have. Yes. Get you oh, strong. Oh crap! We're not allowed to say that. Oh, oh man! Now, now the tar- the target dog is banging at Zenger's door. Oh god, no! Get away from me, target dog! <laughs> He's suing you now too. Oh god, no! I only can take one lawsuit at a time. Oh man, Zenger's being sued by all these conglomerates. It's not even funny anymore. There's so many of them, and there's so, so much paperwork. By the time you're all hearing this, Christmas will be right around the corner. Uh, we wish you a merry Christmas, a belated happy Hanukkah. Insert your other holiday of choice here. Uh, Kwanzaa's coming up. Sure. Merry Kwanzaa. First and foremost, happy Festivus. Yes. Remember, no tinsel, an aluminum pole, that's all that's allowed. 
and tell people the problems you have with them. Yes, if you're not if you're not telling your family members why you dislike them, you are not celebrating the holiday in its true fashion. And with that being said, make sure to follow us on Twitter at K0V Podcast. Check out our Facebook group, type in Knights of Vader, and chances are you'll find it. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. You know what makes a great gift for your favorite podcast? Is a five-star iTunes review. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. And check out their latest album, Semi-Perfect Yet Sublime. Look in the show notes to hear more from this album. For questions, comments, concerns, or airing of grievances, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Rogue Knight, K-N-I-T-E, and on the Cinemodities podcast, where we'll be talking about either Elves or Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. I have no idea, depending on our releasing schedule and when I finally get to edit either one of those. Zanger, where can people find you when you are not berating your loved ones with grievances? Oh, so, so that means that you can't find me then every week on Zing This, doing the exact same thing to Ellie. <laughs> oh, and there's man. your plug for Zingness this week. Also, we are now releasing our episodes on Thursday. So we are in direct competition with this. So if you've listened to this and not listened to Zingness, what are you doing with your life? And if you look at the download numbers, we know that is a lie. Ah! What is our moment of Zang Zanger? Uh, I'd like to wish on the day of the record of this a happy birthday to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> happy birthday, Mr. Buscemi. We are. We will not air any grievances against you on your No, absolutely right. not. But I also want to make sure to include uh, Taylor Swift. Also, happy birthday to you. I don't want a song written about me for not wishing you a happy birthday. Oh, because we already recorded the John Justice episode. We will not be record. By the next time you hear us, it will be a new year. It is Star Wars 2019, much like the episode that we recorded. We look forward to bringing you Star Wars 2019 nonsense. And with that being said, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we look forward to hearing from you and sharing our opinions, getting more of your feedback in 2019. He's, he's actually sensing him about to cut you in half. You fool. Snoke, you weren't even a character that anyone cared about. Zanger, you want to wish our audience a Happy New Year? Happy New Year, everyone. See you next year. Alrighty, everybody. Bye. Bye. Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little out there. You, you can't go. Who's going to do the feats of strength? How about George? Good thinking, Cougar. Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. Oh, please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! I said you can take him, Georgie. Right, come on, be sensible. Stop crying and fight your father. Ow! Ow! This is the best festival ever!